Hey everyone, Joe here. You're listening to Like for Like, a podcast where my friends and I talk to some interesting people about being a creator in the world of social media. My co-host today is Alex. Hey, how you doing? You'll hear our conversation right after the break. Later, Kenyon Green will be joining us to talk about writing and illustrating for his world, Peril Melodia, and starting his clothing brand, Peril Apparel. As usual, the timestamp for that interview will be in the show notes. So um, the only thing I have to talk about is that people are actually talking about us. Which is really wild, man. Like, like I never expected us to, you know, get a listener count over zero. Yeah. No offense, but like, it, you don't expect that. Yeah. yeah. At least I, I feel like maybe it's... Uh, like, five, like like you five could months. you could expect that it, i i can see how it would be easy to expect like oh like i think i'm funny so naturally other people will think i'm funny my podcast is going to be popular right from the get-go but um we definitely went into this like this is a thing that we enjoy doing and we're going to talk to some freaking cool people yeah and then whatever happens happens um so like it's it's not like we exploded or anything but like seeing somebody actually talk about our podcast who isn't affiliated with the podcast in any way was <laughs> was really cool yeah uh yeah so that just that just made me happy i figured i figured people might, might like to hear us telling them how happy we are we are that they're talking about our stuff <laughs> speaking of people talking about our stuff and speaking of the you know the show notes that you mm-hmm. and i are kind of just going off of um mm-hmm. after this you had uh some bit like we plagiarism now <laughs> and I just want to say, just for the record, uh, we've come a long way in like just 20, 25 episodes. And <laughs> yeah. Listening back to that first one, I really hope to bring back that bit in some way. Mm-hmm. It was really not funny. We, we got to figure out. <laughs> exactly. It really just genuinely was terrible. Um, even the concept itself was was just so like like three dudes who think they're really funny just talking for the sake of them thinking that they're really, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a dark time, but I mean, it was fun for us when we did it. Yeah. But, um, it was definitely fun. It'd be cool to bring something like that back, but mm, we gotta be pretty, uh, pretty confident in our, in our bits. Yeah. Now I'm just like, but because we're not, um, live now, I'm just like, if it's not funny, just don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like better to have no content that's easily cut outable. We don't have to deal with, you know, the awkward silent times. Yeah, exactly. Which a lot of podcasts have to deal with. And, you know, a mad respect to the people that do it live. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we're pussies. So. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> well, I think I talked about that in, in an early episode. Like, I just, I have to control everything. So if, if, if we were to do some sort of live cast and then just post it somewhere afterwards, um, nope. Yeah, that's, that's too, I, that is... Not enough control for me to 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 buy into that one. I think I'd be open to doing that one of these days. Yeah, I I think it would be fun um, if we did it uh, around a holiday or something like that. Like we tried to do that for um, Halloween, and then that that one just didn't work out. It didn't <laughs> work out at all. Um, I think that we should be in the same room. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was that was a big problem with that one. Um, it, it definitely would be cool to do like around a holiday or some sort of special event. Or uh, maybe like an anniversary special. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Although uh, going at our current rate, 100 episodes will be like two years from now. <laughs> so uh, that's fine. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe just every 10 episodes we do a, a live one that is just the lowest possible quality content. 
It'd be fun to experiment with. I also just used the word content without throwing up. I, ha- I have come around to the word content. I was pretty staunch on that toward the beginning. Yeah, you did. Uh, um, yeah, you have loosened up a lot. I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but content is a good word because uh, we're talking to content creators. And yeah. That's 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 what this is, you know. I hate it. Yeah, I, well, you know. Yeah, I I, I just hate the uh, the sort of subtext of of content as as it just being like an aggregate word for like everything that is created. There's something about that that still bothers me, but it is like just the most useful term for talking about you know creation in the broadest sense. Yeah, there's a reason why the word usage is so saturated. Yeah, it's useful. Yeah. When were you planning on releasing the next uh, Black Fog 2 stuff? Because this episode is going to be out uh, February 27th. To be honest, I'm, uh, uh, well, you've just... Uh, oh, wow. I have just finished the thing. Yeah, yeah, you just finished uh, uh, producing it, so now that those tracks are all mastered and produced, um, mm-hmm. I'll probably just throw it up whenever. It, it might be online by the time this episode is live. Okay, that's what I was wondering, because if so, definitely putting it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Black Fog 1 is I'm in here somewhere, I promise you. Mm-hmm. Black Fog 2 is We Will Never Be Beautiful. Black Fog 3 is I Hate You So Much, I Love You So Much, It Hurts. Black yeah, Fog there's a, 4 there's maybe is, like a running uh, theme. Let's all go to the lobby to have ourselves a snack. It's uh, <laughs> it's kind of a mood breaker. Yeah, um, that one that one does depart from the format a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so in case, you know, you can't tell this thing we always talk about, it's a, a, a it, it's an incredibly uh, 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 cathartic yeah. Project, mm-hmm. but stuff that a lot of uh, dark emotion goes into. Speaking of noise, you recorded a noise project. I did on accident. Fantastic. Thank what you. you told me earlier. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, you you've opened me up to uh, just like putting sounds down and then sort of like uh, putting a story to them. I mean, obviously, uh, you have a narrative that you're trying to go for with the Black Fog stuff. This release. Um, which I'm putting under my sort of pseudonym YSF. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's just all the sort of like experimental and electronic stuff that I do. This this release is uh, is definitely more just like a collection of random sounds over 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like it's really cool background noise. It's great. Um, it's fantastic. I really really enjoyed what you uh, 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 what you showed me earlier. Thank you. Um, and it reminds me of one of my favorite. Um, noise releases, mm-hmm. uh, which is from the the legendary artist Nurse with Wound, um, yes, and and he released Salt Marie Celeste. I'll have to check that out. And that's like an hour long record. Mm-hmm. He, he he also released Salt, which is similar but even more minimal. Yeah, just, try to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, and Salt Marie Celeste though is uh, uh, I think it's like an hour long. Again, single track, mm-hmm. and it's just God. It's like being on a on a haunted rocking ship because the whole thing, like, it sounds like it's rocking back and forth, and there are sounds of 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 like wood creaking, and like more creepy sounds kind of add in uh, uh, as it goes. And there's and there's nothing like outwardly horrifying. It's just it sets a really unforgettable mood. Yeah, it never lets up, but it never becomes abrasive. That's really cool because Salt Marie Celeste even sounds almost like it's like an old galleon or something, like an old ship at sea or something like that. Yeah. And off off uh, 
did I say the name of the release? Anyways, this noise release is called Off. Uh, off yes, yes. The, does uh, uh, yours the YSF? Yeah, it, it does sort of have a general theme, uh, even though it doesn't have a narrative. Which is like uh, when I finished the first like mix down of the sounds that I was using, I realized it sounded very cavernous. And then I had I had just done this little like sketch of like the entrance to a cavern in sort of like a like a Game Boy style. And so I, I turned that into like a pixel art thing. And I was like, well, that is that's the album cover now. So I have to make it sound even more cavernous. So um, so I, I did that. And then I made it even more background noisy by just slathering it in compression and reverb. Uh, and so I've, I've done sort of like a, a version that is like the actual noise album. It's split into separate tracks and then one that's going to be like a loopable background music thing for uh, for people to use when they're playing D&D and stuff like that. So, yes. yeah. And and that is uh, an important part of of this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Talking well, about our, our shit. It's, it's, <laughs> well, I was going to say D&D and horror stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yours and my strengths, respectively. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then occasionally we have a guest on here that Jonathan can talk about animation with. I miss John. We don't have him here. Yeah, obviously he's not on, on this episode. Um, yeah, he's um, on a different planet. Yeah. But he'll be back. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, do we want to do we want to talk about what's going on? Well, in case you don't know, John's an animator. <laughs> he draws stuff. <laughs> yeah, he draws stuff. He's really, really good at it. Oh, he's um, so good. He's, he's so good. I love uh, what he does. That was my favorite part of the Halloween stream. Uh, was not the actual day of Halloween, mm-hmm. but uh, we tested it prior to that, mm-hmm. and that was a great day because it was like there was this picture in picture of the silly horror game that I was playing and John drawing, make it like making yeah. fun of the game. I'd really that love to do great. more of that. That that was the strengths. We yeah, stick the strengths and forget the weaknesses and mm-hmm. grow from there. Also, I'm going to start playing Minecraft again. <laughs> I don't understand why you would ever say that. But hey, man, <laughs> I love you and I want you to be happy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and if that's what brings happiness, then fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I showed uh, I showed Charlie how to set up a Minecraft server the other day. So uh, it's been around a while. That, that was that was fun. Um, not much has changed as far as managing a server in the game, but uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, that Notch, the billionaire maker mm-hmm. of of Minecraft, bought a house in L.A. and like outbid Jay Z and Beyonce. I mean, that sounds about right. Collectively, <laughs> to buy this house, and that is that that is really mind blowing. Just how successful his creation was. I mean, really, like considering the just absolutely unimaginable social impact that that game had that that cultural impact i mean the dude like he he deserves all the money that he that he made off of that project as as much shit as minecraft gets like that game touched people in so many ways uh not just in terms of like the number of people playing it but like people like me have so many fond memories of like growing with the game and having servers with our friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that like, I mean, it, it's almost like D and D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes literally. Sometimes literally. Yeah. Uh, no, th- I mean, yeah, that th- thank you. Notch. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jeb, you can't, you can't forget about Jeb. I think he's, uh, still holding the reins these days at, uh, at Moyong or whatever, however you say that.
before we get started, we did want to ask you uh, how your hair is so amazing. Because uh, you have a beautiful quaff. <laughs> Wash it. Well, first of all, I stopped using shampoos that have uh, nitrates or sulfates in them. Um, that like strips out the natural oils of the hair. So I use one that doesn't have any of those. Um, otherwise, I... I wash like once a week or once every five days, just kind of defending, depending on how I feel. And it, it's by that point, it's not even greasy or dirty feeling. I used to have uh, yeah. like the worst oily hair uh, when I started growing it out. And I was just, I looked up online a million different things or ways that I could, uh, could do that. And half of them were just like, Oh, keep washing. And I was like, oh, great. So shampoo every single day. And so I, I just cut that out of uh, one day. I was like, I'm sick and tired of this. And the, and now my hair is amazing. I don't know. I, I really like it a lot. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, I just stopped using conventional shampoos and stopped washing it every day. Nice. Cool. Well, that's our icebreaker. <laughs> um. So what have you been up to today? Gee, I had the day off. Um, I work at a pet hospital. And oh, cool. so I had the day off for that. And I got my prints in for an upcoming convention. And so I was sorting through all of those. I was kind of changing a few different things about the files that I have uh, in Photoshop. And I was setting up all my online, what's it called? I don't know, like the thing you just stick in the phone to take payment, like the Square the Square app. I was uh, setting that yeah, for right. the majority of the day. And it was a lot of work, but it was really comprehensive. I'm really impressed with how much you can, uh, you can do on it. And it's going to make the whole convention process pretty easy so other than that also just playing mountain blade all day uh for the convention uh you're referencing katsukan yes katsukan cool um have you ever shown your art at conventions before no i have not uh this will be a first for me i'm really excited about that well to sort of uh, get our listeners familiar with uh, the kind of stuff you would be showing if they if they were to find you at a convention. Um, yes. You want to tell our listeners about what you do? Uh, I am a fantasy and sci-fi watercolor illustrator. I paint artwork for my original stories, um, and I also paint uh, or draw fan art of you know anime or video game characters or commissions or whatever people really want me to do. Um, you know, paint something up. I come up with poems and stories, and I uh, connect it all in a. A uh, big world that I'm uh, working on coming up with. What's your uh, What's your background with that stuff? Did you uh, Did you teach yourself, or uh, did you learn professionally, or anything? Uh, I taught myself uh, watercolor um, growing up. I, I began after I started watching, you know, The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross, and I was yeah. just doing acrylic work, and uh, you know, I would watch that like all the time. It would just come on. I forget what channel, but they would come on. I'd sit there, I'd try to paint and draw along with it. And it was terrible, obviously, you know, but it, it didn't <laughs> look very good. But I just loved it so much. My grandparents bought me uh, an easel and I just uh, started painting right away. And I, uh, other than that, though, I really got into, you know, doing fantasy and uh, sci fi stuff maybe, I don't know, maybe four years ago. Uh, I would just, I don't know. I got kind of stuck in the the anime trap where you want to get good at art, but you don't know how to draw anything but anime. And uh, <laughs> so that was pretty much all I could do. And so I, I was just drawing like a, I don't know, really trashy Naruto fan art, and it was just, it was horrible. My God. But uh, <laughs> so all of those are not online, and they're in a you know, a pile somewhere in my closet. But um, so I uh, just continued with that, and a few years ago I decided, yeah, I think I want to try to do this as a you know a job and 
get serious about it, but it'll take time. And so I don't know. I just uh, kept pursuing that. And, you know, here I am. I didn't think I would really stick with it early on. It was kind of just a hobby, but, you know, I, I didn't necessarily feel passionate or you know, I suppose as passionate about anything else and didn't want to go to school uh, if I didn't, you know, have a something I wanted to go to school for. And so I just uh, didn't do that. <laughs> cool. How does that cross over with Peril Melodia? Like where does uh, where does that watercolor stuff sort of uh, fit into the poems and all that? I got inspired when I was, uh, you know, I had just gotten onto Instagram and I was following a bunch of different, you know, fantasy illustrators and artists. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like just the, uh, the bounds of artwork, uh, just, you know, really expanded for me. And I, I wasn't into a lot of other media other than like just the general movies that I would watch. Uh, but when, when I saw people and what they could do creatively, uh, that kind of got me into moving more towards that, uh, I suppose being a little bit more, kind of exploring more with my artwork. Um, that took me into when I was a mover, I, I did moving for, you know, six, seven months and I had a lot of time. And so I started thinking, well, I'm really bored and I've listened to the same playlist like 10,000 times. So I'm going to start <laughs> maybe thinking of a story that I can, and cause I have like 10 hours a day where I'm just moving boxes. So I, uh, I ended up, you know, just starting to think and kind of expand and build. And I added and took things away and I'd come home and I'd try to draw or paint whatever I was thinking in my head. And that eventually over, you know, and I was a mover maybe, maybe like five, six years ago. And that kind of just slowly tumbled uh, from initial ideas that I had into creating a, you know, a bunch of stories. And I, I take the, the poetry um, and the stories kind of started I would say more recently, I started actually coming, you know, sitting down and being like, I should actually write this down and, you know, not just paint it, not just keep it in my head. And that was uh, a much more difficult task than I had uh, like initially anticipated. I, I realized that, you know, the biggest issue for world building, I don't know if you guys have this issue, but for me, it's <laughs> kind of, you know, uh, jumping weight, like getting in over my head with the whole thing, I suppose being like, oh, oh totally. yeah, I should, I th- should uh, I don't know create the counts and the lords for all of these different nations and i should uh, oh yeah there's this dungeon in the in the city and that's really deep and cool and ah uh, there's a king and uh but you know so a bunch of i suppose details about the world but zero actual content um and that was yeah. i think my my big pitfall um i really liked everything that i had but if someone was to ask me summarize your world summarize what you're doing and like I would not be able to give them, you know, a lick of story or anything. It's like, well, there's this, you know, there's this guy and it's going to be cool. And uh, it's going to be cool. That's all I would ever say. It's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I relate I completely to that. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the biggest thing for me was, you know, I would, I would draw something. I'd be like, I want this to be in my world. I want this to be in my story. Um, first of all, I would kind of draw it to be, is this feasible for that? And, you know, yes, it fits the setting, it fits the theme, it fits everything. It, it's a character I feel like I could use. So the first thing I, I typically would do with that, especially, you know, for Paramelodia is, you know, I came up just with a name. Um, and then I came up with a, an overarching theme. And Paramelodia, uh, it's uh, in the story, it stands for the song of impending doom. Um, so it's kind of about just that there, I'll just read you the synopsis I have here of the story. I was just, uh, for a brief summary. Um, that's that's cool. Patreon, Please do. Uh, it says, Paramelodia is the song of impending doom, a divine hymn sung with a blasphemous purpose and terrible consequence. It's the collective story of those involved or affected by its performance, a story of men, God, and those in between. So uh, 
the summary that I came up with, and I kind of worked from that, who sang the song, who is affected, uh, what times are these happening, uh, what stories are kind of moving forward, and, uh, you know, just actually making some details about characters that's interesting, because, you know, apart from the world uh, that you make, you have to have events in it and you have to have, you know, motive and emotion and uh, characters doing things to make people actually interested in it. And so uh, I would make a, I would paint or design a character and then I was like, I'll write a little story about it. And it was much scarier than I thought, like posting because you, you can post a drawing and be like, LOL, came up with a quick sketch, might delete later. But when you, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you could say, you know, a quick sketch, haha. You know, not very serious, but with uh, with writing, it's like, OK, well, they actually sat down and typed something out and they intended for someone to read it. So it's a little bit more daunting for me uh, in that regard. And so when I first like wrote a story and it was just like a little paragraph, I was terrified. I deleted it like a thousand times. I rewrote it like a million times just sitting there on the like the Instagram comment section and like doing repeating that over and over and i finally prayed yeah and people were like oh that was cool fun read and i was like oh that's not <laughs> like, oh okay yeah oh, well so uh kind of moving forward and you know uh for all of that it just you know it all just came together i suppose from and i always start with just uh you know paint a picture and you know come up with a story for it and sometimes i just i have like a name in my head i'm like that's a really cool name that i just you know, found online, I want to, I want to make a character that's, you know, equally as cool. And then I want to make a story that's as cool as that and, or a little poem. Cause I feel like you can hide a lot in a poem. Uh, that's maybe like, you know, four or five, a poem can tell a story, I suppose sometimes better than a story could, cause it leaves a lot up to interpretation and imagination. Yeah. Sometimes stories get a little too literal, um, and that's not bad. It's just sometimes it's not how I want to approach things. Um, yeah, that's cool. So your world is more Tolkien in spirit with the whole song thing, uh, yeah, but not yeah. Tolkien in the sense that you're describing every single little detail of the world. No, yes, yeah. Well, Tolkien is like you know the whole oh yeah everything's a song, the world's a song. In uh-huh. the thing like you know the world's the world, but there's a song that someone is about to sing that's about to kill everybody, and uh, yeah, so a little different in that. But yeah, it's it you know, focuses on yeah, unfortunately a uh, devastating musical piece. That's really cool. Were there any particular influences? Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I, I know I mentioned Tolkien, but influences as far as when you're creating those new characters or new uh, bits of lore for that world? Yeah, I get a lot of it from songs I listen to. I listen to a lot of power metal, um, a lot of symphonic <laughs> metal. And obviously, they sing about dragons and stuff all the time. And uh, yeah, uh, so I, I like fantasy themed things like that. I enjoy, I love uh, like sci-fi I, I don't know, just movies and manga and comics and all kinds of that stuff. Uh, anime as well. I get a lot of inspiration from Evangelion. Uh, I don't know if you guys oh, ever yes. heard of uh, uh, Tutsomu Nihei. He's a he a manga artist. He did the Knights of Sidonia and uh, Blam. Oh, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of those, but I've never put that together. But now that you mentioned that, I can totally see that influence in your style. That's really cool. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I like I don't know things that kind of feel. Uh, lonely, um, like there's something really big happening, uh, kind of hopeless, but also hopeful at the same time where it, I guess it, it seems hopeless because my, my story, the way that I, I set up the characters, all of them look kind of alone. Uh, and that's the feeling that I want to emanate. But 
I, I, I like to try to give it a lifelike feel like or a, a, a good feel. Yeah. Not good, but like goodness in it. Yeah. Hopelessness with uh, just enough like self-efficacy to <laughs> to keep it bright. Yeah. Yeah. We'll return to that conversation in just a moment. We don't have any sponsors for today's episode, but you're supporting this show just by listening. So thanks. If this is your first time here, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to leave a rating or review wherever you can and share our show with your friends. Word of mouth is really the best way to help us reach more people. Alex, you want to tell the people where to find your stuff? You can find me on Instagram at Alex Shags Alston. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Shags Alston. Nice. And I am on Instagram and Twitter at Joseph R. Strom. You can also find my blog and some music stuff at uh, plantasticfanet.com, which is where you can also find the show notes for this episode. You can find our guest, Canyon Green, on Instagram at karchcommand, that's C-A-R-C-H command, and head to patreon.com slash karchcommand to support his work and learn more about Peril Melodia. Now back to the interview. Well, what are your plans for uh, Peril Melodia going forward? The initial dream was, uh, well, and I, I suppose the current dream. Uh, I was thinking, because I had a lot of people ask me, am I going to make it into a graphic novel or like, and that's one of the, th- or am I going to, you know, try to make a comic or am I just going to do artwork or am I going to write a book? Um, and none of those things really fit the way I want to do it, I suppose. But I, I don't know if you guys know who Peter uh, Mobrocker is, I, I forget. I don't know if that's his last name, but he does the Angelarium artwork. Okay. Um, and he put out an art book that has like a narrative that goes along with it. So it's not necessarily a storybook, but he has his art pieces and then he has little bits of uh, poetry or uh, like a page or two of a story about it. But so I was thinking, I don't know, a narrative art book is the word that popped into my head when I was thinking about it. So okay. kind of like a storybook, kind of like an art book, but... I don't know. I don't know how to fully encompass it or like, I don't have a solid definite plan about where I want to go with it. I'm just trying to go somewhere with it. You know? Yeah. The plan isn't finished. So yeah. As a, as a fellow world builder, the, the first thing that comes to mind there when you say like a, like a sort of art book with lore is like Mm -hmm. a, a setting manual or something like that. Yeah. Well, precisely actually it's uh, very similar, I suppose. Cool. Speaking of uh, your plans going forward and that sort of stuff and sort of uh, developing Peril Melodia into like a product, you also have a Patreon. So when did you when did you start up the Patreon and what was that? Uh, what was that process like? That was uh, initially that was another one of those when I talked about uh, like getting in over your head kind of things where I was like, oh, wow, you know, I painted a picture. I have you know seven followers on Instagram, so I'm pretty hot stuff right now. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think I need to, you know, I'm going to make this my career and uh, I'm going to, you know, Patreon will be my job. And then you set it up and, uh, you know, nobody, nobody becomes your patron except your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I I was like, wait a minute. And that was maybe that was maybe four years ago that I I actually set it up. And then I I shut it down uh, maybe a year later because I realized, wait a minute, I'm actually no good as an artist. And I need to (laughs) I need to actually become good as an artist. I have to actually try. And so. I, I shut it down for a good while. I uh, opened it up uh, earlier last, well, yeah, earlier uh, in 2018. And that, 
it, it was really hard for me to kind of find what I wanted to offer for that. And I was like, well, I don't, I'm, I feel like, uh, I'm sorry. I feel like digital artists have a bit of an easier time, uh, catering for a patreon because they're like oh yes the hd scans and i have all the the pdfs and the layer files and all of this oh, and yeah. all of that and all kinds of nonsense and i was like, oh my god i can't offer any of that and so you know recently i, I finally you know figured out the whole print situation and how to how do i actually get prints how do i actually you know do logistics and how do i you know plan for things moving forward and so I, you know, I offer uh, monthly prints of my artwork, and I also at higher tiers offer uh, sketches of my original artwork. And uh, so, you know, those get sent out every month. Um, cool. The other things that get sent out every month are bits and pieces of story that you don't necessarily see, uh, you know, through my Instagram. So more exclusive stuff and, uh, and little inclusions and special things and, you know, wax stamps and it, it, the really special little packages that I send out to the people who uh, who are my patrons and. It's uh, it's really fun making that stuff. It's really, really cool because it kind of feels like I'm making – I put more effort into the, the Patreon stuff than I, than I do uh, like onto Instagram or that I do with my – like the regular paintings I do because you know, it's going straight to someone's hands. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's a very different feeling. But So I started that up again like uh, just way over my head and so I you know, shut it down and I had kind of like a, a reality – like reality shock about how like – I took a good long look at, and I know people always say, Oh, don't compare yourself to other people. Um, but I just took a good long look at why are other artists successful and what do they do that I don't do? Um, and that's important. Quite simply. Yeah. yeah. They were all, they were all at art classes. They were all doing studies. And these are like the masters that, you know, I revere these guys, um, you know, millions of followers on Instagram. And I was like, well, I, I'm totally as good as them, but no, I'm not as good as them. And I feel like, <laughs> Uh, for a lot of artists, the, the biggest hurdle that you have to get over is yourself and that always strive to improve. And, you know, it's not never think that you're good enough, but always try to improve something. Um, and so that was my biggest uh, thing that I had to work on was just trying to improve something and not settling. Yeah, that's really important to compare yourself, not to defeat yourself or self-deprecate. To inspire yourself. Yeah, exactly. To motivate yourself to to actually get better. So uh, when when did you decide to do Peril Apparel? Which first off, we love the name. That's yes, that's just yes. great. <laughs> it really ran. very clever. Very very fortunate that I uh, I came across that one. But uh, I decided to. I'd always wanted to make my own shirts or my own clothing. Um, I decided that very very last minute. I, I created a calendar when I decided I want to go to Katsukan. I'm gonna do it. I've paid for it. Oh my God, I'm in. I, I made a calendar. It's right on my wall. It's got, you know, just a few months on there, but I set up a ton of goals and I had never felt so motivated in my life to, uh, achieve something. But I started, uh, I started making stamps as like a, a side hobby. I mean, obviously, you know, I do artwork, but I started making stamps and, you know, trying to put my artwork onto a stamp and, you know, hand carving it, hand drawing it. And yeah. then, you know, putting it onto paper and I was like, wait a minute, this would look really cool on a shirt. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, I actually have a shirt design. And I, you know, contacted a couple guys. Uh, I know some people who have connections with a uh, with, you know, with an apparel company. And so I, I talked to them and uh, I got my first uh, first shirt put together. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And I finally had it like, you know, I was looking at myself in the mirror on it. Uh, I'm sorry, with it you know, on me when I was looking in the mirror. It was <laughs> yeah. just a, a real 
I don't know. It just felt really satisfying. And so yeah. that was a uh, kind of one of those things where you're like, Oh, I'll get to it eventually. But until you actually kind of put pressure on yourself, you never do it. And so that's where that kind of came about. And I have plans for right after the convention, uh, you know, coming up with several new designs for that. I have a lot of stuff, uh, kind of, you know, in the works sketches on my walls for all of that coming together. But so that's, it's coming together, but that's, I realized that it was much more of a passion than I had really thought about. You know, I'd always wanted to do it, but I'm, I realized, you know, that I'm very passionate about, you know, clothing, I suppose. Yeah. I don't even care about the clothing that I necessarily own. I, I wear oversized sweaters, but <laughs> I want people to, to like clothing with my artwork on it, I suppose. Um, yeah, I get so that. that. That's where that came about. And it was a very, very recent endeavor that I somehow got done in the, you know, in the short amount of time. But, you know, I, I, I'm excited to move forward with that. I was wondering about um, I was wondering about your Instagram. One of the pieces that I saw that really drew me to it, you described as a crystal painting. Back in uh, maybe four or five years ago, after my my horrible anime phase, there was a, there was a void of artwork that I just I could not fill. Is like, oh, if I can't draw Naruto, then what, you know, what is there to life? Um, <laughs> and so I was like, well, let me just, I want to start practicing with colors. And so I started doing that, putting a bunch of colors on a page. And then I, I don't know what, you know, where the idea came from, but I just started, uh, I, I took a pen and started drawing little crystals all over it. Um, and so that is, uh, apart from, you know, all the fantasy stuff, uh, that is something that I really do love to do. And I want to come out with a little collection of, uh, maybe postcards or a little book with all my little designs in it for that. But uh, that's one of those things that I do when I, I don't want to I don't want to draw a person or I don't want to draw a creature or a setting. But I just would I want to do something that I know that I'll be, you know, immediately attracted to and uh, really proud of. Um, and I think that those I don't know, they just look really pretty. And I'm, I'm glad that you are uh, drawn to it. Yeah. yeah, they really do. I hope you do to um, continue to go that direction, too. That would be a great uh That'd be something great to like have the main book of lore that you were kind of talking about and also have like a, 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 a separate collection. I will. Uh, I'm actually going to write that one down right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me save that one for later. Yeah. What do you do for fun? What do you do to sort of recharge? When I'm not hanging out with you know my wife or watching uh, shows with her because it's pretty much how I recharge. I uh, I like to get into really deep, really frustrating games, I suppose, ones that I know that I'm not skilled enough to play. Like Dark Souls. I'm terrible at video games, but I, I forced myself to play through Dark Souls and I was really angry at myself for doing that because I couldn't stop. But uh and I was really bad at the game. It took me like seventy hours to get through my first playthrough. But uh same thing with uh, Hollow Knight and you know many other games, but I, I like to just completely get engrossed in uh games that I'm not skilled not skilled at. <laughs> That's good. Do you have any shout outs uh, or any anything that you think people out there should be uh, should be checking out? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's always a hard one. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, Wait a minute. I should have written that down. Uh, <laughs> you know, Instagram is fun. You should uh, check my stuff out. Also, well, I imagine that I was about to shout you out, but I imagine if people are watching your show <laughs> um, yeah. or doing that already. But I don't know. Just uh, have a great week. I can't think of anything at all. <laughs> That's totally cool. Yeah, I guess that's about it. Have uh, an awesome day, man. And um, we'll have to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity. I really appreciated it. And uh, I honestly, like, I love your artwork so much. All the dungeons and stuff you do. I, uh, well, thank you. I play Pathfinder on and off. And, like, all of that stuff is literally just makes my mouth water. It's amazing. <laughs> thank like, you. That's the stuff that I would dream about making. So that's, that's really cool. Get me all flustered now.
Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, turning a little red. <laughs> turning a little red there, Joe. I think. I'm sweating. That's weird. Um, <laughs> the word mega dungeon. Oof, getting all fired up. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about Pathfinder next time. Yeah, absolutely. You can find show notes for this and other episodes at lflpodcast.com. That's lflpodcast.com. I want to thank my co-host, Alex. It was okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know you're going to have to leave that in, right? Thanks again. <laughs> thanks, Canyon. Thanks again. Thanks again. I can't fucking. You just keep looking at me. Thanks again to Canyon so Green for joining us. As usual, we've got links in the show notes to some of what we talked about today. So, uh, so check those out if you're interested. Thank you so much for listening to Like for Like. Take care of yourselves and remember, sometimes you can't think of anything funny to say, and that's okay. It, uh, it's okay to just not sometimes. Unless, of course, you're trying to end your comedy podcast, then you probably want to end on something light, like a fart joke or something. That's going to be the end of the episode. (laughs) 